Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi there. Welcome. And we are here today with Kelly Daniels to Radiate Nature. Kelly is doing a really interesting program. Um, We'll be completed in the certification process by the time that this episode airs. This is a certification to be a guide in forest therapy. Is that the the actual? Mm-hmm. Okay. Forest therapy. I first heard about forest therapy on Mysterious Universe, which is one of my favorite podcasts. They talked about this weird Japanese thing of forest bathing. Um, so this is from the natureandforesttherapy.org website. Forest therapy is a research-based framework for supporting healing and wellness through immersion in forests and other natural environments. Forest therapy is inspired by the Japanese practice of shinjin-yoku. Shinjin-yoku. <laughs> Thank you. Apparently uh, it's not pronounced like it, like it reads, which translates to forest bathing. Studies have demonstrated a wide array of health benefits, especially in the cardiovascular and immune systems, and for stabilizing and improving mood and cognition. We build on these benefits and look beyond to what happens when people remember that we are part of nature, not separate, not separate from it, and are related to all other beings in fundamental ways. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thanks. This is going to be fun. We've been trying to schedule this for a while now so, <laughs> with weather and everything else going on here in Kansas City. So um, you, you're you working on getting the cer- certification in um, being a guide mm-hmm. for forest bathing. Why did you want to do something like that? Well, I've had a, a lot of experiences with nature with my children that... Um, was very healing through the years, and it motivated me to seek out more. Why is this working for them so well? And um, my, my son, my youngest son, was diagnosed with pain amplification syndrome when he was about 15, and he had been in chronic pain for about six years. And it took, uh, you know, finally uh, some people at Children's Mercy to help uh, diagnose what it was, and it right. and it came from repeated soccer injuries. He was a premier soccer player, and um, and stress, and uh, so the only thing that would really work with it is to help him reduce his stress to retrain his nerves, and and so a lot of that had to do with 
um, being able to learn how to meditate and learn how to stretch and do yoga, which was really interesting in the Western medicine that, that they actually did that, which I just love Children's Mercy for that. But they found that wow. the drugs didn't work. No drugs worked on it so because it was a nerve problem. So, so we went to these camps in Oregon called Coyote Trail School of Nature that literally changed our lives. And my sons became teachers and they would be there for seven weeks and part of his therapy was to go out there and be in the nature living in a tent for you know eight weeks of the summer and this was when he was you know learning about what he had and what 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 the problems were right and he swears that at the end of that summer he was healed and and he swears that it's the nature both my sons are writing books about it and their experiences with the nature connection yeah so it's kind of in my family you know it's something that has been really important and and why we've even started our forest school that we have on our property which is um you know, an uh, important thing that we feel to get ke- kids outside. So the force therapy guide program is just in alignment with everything mm-hmm. that I do. And it helps, you know, it works with adults too because sometimes it's hard for people to have, to give themselves permission to right. go outside and play right. or go and go outside to just be, which is what children naturally actually should be doing and usually have been doing but in this generation kids are not doing that anymore either so in order to get the kids outside you've got to get the adults outside Mm -hmm. so a lot of these programs that we did in Oregon were family programs and that's what we do too because we want the parents to understand what the kids need to do in order to get outside to help themselves feel better and feel happier and focus better and do all these things that um, they're having problems with right now in school. And um, we have an autistic young man that's actually coming to live with us that I'm helping to um, helping him start programs in the school district for this purpose of getting autistic kids outside in nature. Really? And he's writing a book about it as well. And he went to the same oh camps God. since he was, I don't know, probably about the same age as my, my kids were 6 and 10, and they're 20 and 25 now. And my uh, and and this young man's 27, and he will tell you that it changed his life. These nature uh, immersion programs, which it's not just about, um, you know, just going for a run outside, or right. it's not just about um, taking a walk. Yeah, taking a walk. It's really how do you sink in deeply? Like mm-hmm. how do you really get to a place? to where you're actually the, 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 allowing the forest to heal you. Right. How do you let that happen? Just letting the process happen. Yeah. Right. How do you slow down? So, you know, it's kind of like sometimes people need, you know, you, you might know how to do yoga, but you don't, right. but you need, it's helpful to have somebody lead you through the yoga. Right. So you could, you could go out and you could meditate in the forest, mm-hmm. but but most of the time we don't do that. Right. You know, so it's nice to have like a reason to do it and a group of people because we do this with with groups and we do uh, the whole process has to do with connection, not only with right. nature, but with one another. So we circle between the invitations where we take people out into the forest and have them do different sensory, um, you know, experiences mm-hmm. to help them 
stop thinking about their work, to help them stop thinking about their lives and their worry worries and, and help them really see the nature, really hear it, really feel it, and really experience it. And so we have these processes that we put people through to help them do that. And then we circle people up and we talk about what are we noticing. So it helps them to like kind of get in touch with with nature in a different way that they would not normally have done. And then we also have uh, where we collect a plant, a native Mm -hmm. plant that's a tea, and we create a tea and we have a tea ceremony at the end. It's part of the Shindenyoku where we learn about a plant that is growing wild that is all around us that is actually a plant that can... um, also produce healing in your body and it can be a simple thing like stinging nettles that people don't really know about but it's something that's extremely healthy and it can help you with allergies and so I teach people about these different plants and that's part of the the um, training is researching all the plants in your area Mm -hmm. and what and so that you can teach people about that and that they can then connect even deeper into the forest because they're drinking from something you know it's not just the phytoncides that come from the trees that you're bathing in basically phytoncides what's that (laughs) so so in japan um in the 1980s they had a tech boom, so everyone was right. working inside. Everyone started being behind computers and being in offices all the, all the time. They weren't outside anymore, and they found that the, the, it was the, there was a real increase in cancer and autoimmune system diseases. And Gosh, so, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So they, the government decided to put millions of dollars into research to find out what happens when people are put into a forced environment these people that are out that are inside all the time what happens to their bodies if they were to expose them to that forced environment yeah and what they found what what was interesting to them was first of all they found that the trees themselves healed themselves with the chemical that they that they shower out into the forest called phytoncides. Mm-hmm. And when we breathe these phytoncides, what happens is we have these natural killer cells in our body that's white blood cells that mm-hmm. um, are increased. It increases the production of these white blood cells when we are exposed to these phytoncides. Mm-hmm. And in turn, that helps our immune system increase and fight cancer and other autoimmune system diseases. So in Japan, it's become a natural um, phenomenon to go out and do forest bathing. Everybody does it. It's like part of the work routine. You are, you know, you are, they actually prescribe two hours of forest bathing to help with people's illnesses and help them with their stress because stress is the epidemic. Stress is what makes everyone sick. Mm -hmm. So if you can do something to reduce that stress, and it's not even just a matter of meditation. Imagine the meditation could help because it makes you calmer. But if you have these phytoncides coming and showering you, which is the forced bathing, that's what you're bathing in the phytoncides. And that's why it's healing. So that's that's where that all came from. That's where the forest bathing, the Shinden Yoku came from, is, is that 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 research that happened because of everyone being inside working and right. being stressed. 
Well, I love that the Japanese government took that fact of people being inside and having uh, cancer and, and autoimmune diseases, you know, just start to be an epidemic, and then look at it in terms of being outside, whereas maybe another country, maybe ours, our country, looks at these epidemics and says, okay, well, what kind of drugs can we give them? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and those drugs have side effects. <clears throat> mm -hmm. There are no side effects going out in the woods. No, it's a very safe thing mm -hmm. to recommend your patient do, you know. And it's a very simple thing. And perhaps people don't make money on it, and that could be one of the reasons they don't recommend it. That could be. But uh, you know, you know, hopefully the world is changing and mm -hmm. people are waking up a little bit and they want to help people despite the amount of money they make. Sure. So um, so uh, it is changing and a lot of people are recommending that. And I actually have several doctors that I work with that recommend it as oh, well. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And um, there I have... Um, uh, I met a doctor that was actually going through the intensive with me for the, you know, becoming the uh, force therapy guide and he he was the um, head of the March of Dimes in Washington, D.C., and he just retired from that. Wow. And so he wanted to do something. He's a doctor. He was a chief medical officer for the March of Dimes. Right. And he wanted to do something that he's always loved. And so he decided he really wanted to learn more about this nature therapy and what this was. And so he became uh, certified with me. And he he is going out and speaking to medical students and doctors and he will oh be coming gosh. here too really he's gonna, yeah he's going to come here and work with me talking to medical students about it and um doctors in the area and also have doctors and surgeons that are in the area that are also you know they're they're aware of it their kids have gone to these programs you know right. they they see what has happened to them just on a personal level mm -hmm. And they know that there's something that there's something about this. There hasn't been as much research in in the United States, but there are things getting ready to happen, and there are things happening to to start looking into right. that a little more. Yeah. Well, even just something a, a group as big as the March of Dimes and the doctor associated with that, the chief medical officer, just embracing this and mm -hmm. wanting to espouse there it, must I think, be is something to it. Amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah. So when you take this this group into the forest and do this forest bathing like what do you what do you do with them well the you know first of all we talk about what is forest bathing and we yeah. you know explain a little bit about the history in that and and what we do is we take them on a journey with their senses so we sink them in so one of the first things that we do is called pleasures of presence where mm -hmm. we take them through their uh different senses, the feeling, the sight, the sound, all those mm -hmm. senses, but also other senses like what what they call body radar, where you just have a feeling that you're drawn to something. Mm -hmm. That It's kind of like an intuitive sense that there's, that just that's something that interests you. It could be, you know, just a, a leaf or it could be a tree. So it's about being open to all your senses, being um, acknowledged for all those senses and allowed right. a space to like um, become aware of them, you know, mm -hmm. and to become aware of yourself. And what people find is that they also see more of a reflection of, of where they're at, you know, how they're feeling in their life and how how stressed out they really are. And they're, they're, right. they start to like see reflections in the nature that kind of 
help them understand themselves a little bit more. So we take them through these what we call invitations, where they right. they get to do different types of things with the water, say, or to actually walk and just only notice what's in motion. So we simplify everything so that they really start to tune into the details. And when you do that, when you start to tune into the details and you start to really sense with with all of your heart and soul and your, your body, is that you start to quiet your mind. And you start to really become present. And so much of the power of healing is to be able to be present. And that's something that people like, you know, they've heard the word being present, but they really maybe even have yeah. never experienced it. And nobody's encouraged to, it's, right? it's where you just don't even, you're not worried about stuff. You're not right. worried about, you're not thinking, replaying in your mind the past and what's happened, or you're replaying in your mind what's going to happen, what you need to do, what needs to happen. Present is about bringing yourself in that middle place where it's like, wow, I'm just like right here. <laughs> and it feels really good. <laughs> So just to be able to like hear the water, like they start to wake up to things like I've never noticed that about a tree or or, you know, I've never thought about that before. And it helps build relationship to the natural world and to the, you know, the things that aren't human, you know, the more than human beings is is what it does is it makes you very present because it gets you out of your own you know, world and your own ego and your own thoughts is when you start thinking about other things. It, it builds compassion, especially sure. especially in children. Like they right. they they haven't really had that experience for for the most part. They we used to we right. used to go out and play in the backyard. Our parents would never see us all day. We were, would be outside exploring and everything. Kids don't do that anymore, Mm-mm. and they're finding that there's really detrimental impacts to that because we are. You know, there's a there's a uh, there's a understanding that we are part of nature. Like it's natural for us to be in nature. Actually, we need nature. It's it's part of who we are. Right. So when we're disconnected from that, we start to get sick, and mm-hmm. it's just a natural thing. And it, and they are doing research and finding that is true. You know, it's funny how we have to do all this research to find out something that we actually know inside. I do feel comfortable outside. I am kind of peaceful out there. But, you know, we have to figure it out, like, scientifically. What, what is that? Why is that, why is that real, you know? And then, it, then it's real. You and know? then it's real. Just because we feel it doesn't mean it's real, you know? But it's funny how we all, you know, we all go to places, all go to vacations where we're outside or we go to the ocean or we go to somewhere to escape. Why? Because it makes us feel good. Right. So it makes sense that if you did that into a deeper level... In your daily life, or mm-hmm. at least occasionally in your life, you're going to reduce your amount of stress. Unfortunately, people just do it like once a year for a week. The rest of the time, they're completely stressed. <laughs> and they don't give themselves like permission to, yeah. you know, just be playful, just to be. And that's part of the, part of the process in these walks is one of, the, one of the things that we do with people is called a sit spot. And a sit spot is, and we, we've done this in these camps that we grew up, that my sons grew up going to, right. where it, we don't, you know, they don't 
talk about it as a, a meditation or anything. It's the in the morning, and this is based on an Apache elder's teaching, is that in the morning you go to a place outside, anywhere. It could be on a deck. It could be in your backyard. It could be in the nearby forest, wherever. You go to the same place every day, and you sit for 15 minutes, and you just be. And that's part yeah. of the that's part of the nature walk. And, and it's amazing how people don't have that opportunity. You don't have to think about anything else. You just be. You just sit there and you just let yourself be. And that that it's pretty interesting because that little process that we do, you would think that even kids would have a hard time doing that. But what we're finding in our uh, in our you know forest school, we have a Blue River Forest Experience. These programs that we do, that the kids love it. It's one of their favorite things. Wow. One of the things that we do is we circle up in the end and we say, uh, "So, what was your favorite thing?" And so many children, it always surprises me, say the sit spot. And because, you know, a snail crawled up on them or they saw a coyote or they saw these baby um, uh, turkeys because they would not have seen those things had they been running around, you know, screaming and stuff. If they were sitting quietly, they see things differently. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole premise behind the forest therapy is that we see things differently when we slow down. Mm -hmm. And these kids are thriving on this. We we would circle up. I had a group that was, I had a teacher that we partnered up with from a school, and he's a STEM uh, teacher, oh, right. he, uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. Right. And he wanted to do a camp with me where we take kids out, and we, it's called STEM versus Wild, and where we take technology and the wilderness and we put them together, like we put um, the forest cams out, and then we find what animals come by, and, and then, you know, technical uh, tents up in trees and and how we how it's different from a shelter on the ground and those kind of things and one of the things we do is we take them for a sit spot so they all have to go out into the forest and they sit for you know 15 minutes and we call them back in and you know some of these kids are like they don't slow down they're, you know, these football players, they're smart alecks, they like to, like, cause ruckus. We had circled up several times before we did the sit spot. And during those circles, you know, a lot of times they have trouble focusing or they're, you know, cutting up and they're being silly. And, um, you know, we're really all about allowing each child to be heard and acknowledged, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not just the ones that are like, um, the, you know, yeah, the, the out, outgoing ones, right. but the other ones too. And, you know, it takes them a while. Sometimes these kids don't even know how to circle. They're so used wow. to being in lines and um, having a teacher in front of them, they literally, it takes us probably 15 minutes just to get them into a circle. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> so after the sit spot, which would be like a mini forest therapy thing, is they would come back. These kids came back, and they sat in the circle, and they were quiet wow. for the first time. And they were listening to each other. And, wow. the, and I love it when I see these kids that are usually, you know, sometimes when kids are being loud and obnoxious, it's because maybe they're a little sad inside, or maybe, sure. you know, they've, they're hurting in some way, and that's just their way of 
getting seen. So so it's it's really neat to see those kids be able to calm down and start to listen to others and be re, re, really respectful and actually start to talk about their experience out in nature yeah. and they were and they're excited about it and it's like they're not being smart alex anymore and we go around the circle and then the teacher talks and he says, "You know, in all the years that I've done this and all the times that I've seen other people try to do meditation in classrooms and things that just never worked, nobody could get the kids to be quiet. He says, this is the first time I have ever seen 20 children sit quietly in a circle and listen to each other. He, he was blown away. Wow. And, it, and it's, just, it's just, what is it? It is allowing people space to be. That's it. That's what forest therapy is, and we guide people to do that. So we say the forest is the therapist. We mm-hmm. are just guiding people so that they can drop mm-hmm. in in a way, in a space that's healing, in the space. So inherently, we all have this medicine inside of us, but it's, it's allowing us in the space to help us even heal ourselves. Oh, so. I love it. I feel like, sign me up, you know? <laughs> It's really neat. <laughs> I bet you love it. Yeah, it's so neat. It's like it almost makes me want to cry. Like every time we do something, it's like I see so many beautiful, meaningful things happen. Like right. I had an elder woman that she didn't, she doesn't walk much, and she she was uh, she's uh, you know very feeble, and she has a walking uh, a walker walker. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how am I going to integrate her into this forest walk? And so I decided to make the circle close to the forest and under a big willow tree by my, uh, I have a, a little lake area with a stone bridge and a waterfall. And so you can hear the water and, and I, I had the circle right here and I decided to do a walk where we, it's called a, a where we radiate out from one place rather than a nice. linear walk where we just walk, stop and then walk some more. Here we, we stay in one space. We walk and we come back to this space mm-hmm. so, so that we could include her and have her included mm-hmm. because we have all different ages going on in this group so I want everyone to have this experience so one of the things that I do is I take them in um, across what we call a threshold where we it's a space where we let go of our stuff and our worries and we're going to walk over the bridge into Mm -hmm. the threshold so um, so they um, everyone walked through and I looked back she was. She got up and she walked and she went over the bridge because she wanted to walk the threshold. And my son stayed with her, and um, she. I saw them and she was crying and he was holding her and she was just like so happy oh to cross that God. threshold. And then when we all get back together, she talks about it and she and and she's heard, you know, so many times elders are not heard in our society. And you know, how many spaces do they have where a group of people intently are listening to how they're feeling? And that is exactly what we do in these circles. Mm -hmm. What are you noticing? What are you feeling? And all kinds of things come out when they, when you give people a space that they're heard in, you know, things come up for them. And so all we do is hold that space for them. We hold the space for them to be able to feel and to be heard by other people. So it's a connection with, with nature, but it's a connection with people as well, which is part of what makes it really powerful. So those kind of things are just like, 
oh, it's like when I think about them, I'm just like, oh. wow, this is really important. Like I realize, like this is this is important work. It seems like a very simple thing, but it's extremely powerful for people. And um, so I have a lot of experiences like that. And I had a walk where I have a friend who. Um, just recently passed away um, very quickly from cancer. She was a yoga instructor, a very healthy woman, and actually I've dedicated a lot of my um, website to her, my what I the work that I do, because she wanted to do that for, with me. She wanted to be oh. a forced therapy guide too. Yeah. And so I, um, I dedicated this walk to her, and magical things happen. Like we, we realized that there's, you know, it's like, Nature is speaking to us in so many ways. And when you start paying attention, and you have an in- intention in a walk. So our intention mm-hmm. in the walk is to honor her and say to honor the ancestors on the land, the indigenous ancestors that once lived here. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, really magical things happen. And, wow. you know, a lot of people like noticed for example, that day, that there in the sky was like this large shape of an angel. And, you know, it was so funny oh because gosh. because everybody, people were saying it separately. Like it wasn't like one person saying it. Right. There were all these people that had this experience with this. So it was really, wow. it just makes people realize that we're not alone. Right. And that, you know, there's more to this world than what meets the eye. When you slow down and listen, and when you slow down and you look, and you mm-hmm. have intentions, you know, and you your intention yeah. is to, you know, feel happy, and your intention is to, to be peaceful. When we do those things, then really cool things happen. Right. Oh, so, my gosh, that is fascinating. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Like, I had these little, little yellow birds, or the goldfinches. Oh, sure. That happened, um, uh, some experiences happened with as she was dying at her home and um and I had and I watched them like they were dancing in the sky and they were going up and down and up and down and I was like huh I wonder if that's like going to be her sign for me you know when when after she passes and these birds have been doing this when I was at in Ohio doing my training Mm -hmm. for the forest guide training Mm -hmm. um Another person in the circle said, hey, I saw these little yellow birds and they were doing this dancing and they didn't even know my story. They had no idea. So it's like just really neat things of connecting each other and and allowing ourselves the possibility of magic in the world, you know. It's just and, and, you know, just connecting with our inner child and connecting with curiosity and wonder. You know, that's what nature really does. Oh, it does. And we're just shut away from it so many times. Yeah. You know, we we try, but it's just so, it's it's hard in, in today's society. It is you know? hard. It's hard for me, too. And so these walks are actually very healing for myself. And I bet they are. And a lot of these forest therapy guides are actually even going through the training to help themselves heal. Some of these oh, people weren't even really? planning on going to do this for other people. They wanted to do this for themselves. And, you know, wow. you go through a week-long intensive, and and you experiencing 
different force therapy guides and how they do their training and just all about the understanding of you know how we work and why this right. why this is important and why it works and and then and really sinking in deeply and and being out there when it's raining and just you know doing things that you would never normally do it's right. kind of it's, it's a neat experience and then and then we have a 6 month practicum where we learn uh, we we go into research we research um you know the the uh, tea plants that are in our area, and um, we research the watershed that we live in, how it's connected with the other rivers. Right now, I'm in the Blue River watershed, which is one of the biggest watersheds in Kansas City area. And um, Heartland Conservation Alliance Mm -hmm. is doing a movie on um, the uh, uh, saving the Blue River. Yeah, that's right. My property is where it starts. Oh, okay. In, in Overland Park, and then it goes through and all the way to the Missouri River, but it becomes right. a dead river in the city. Oh, my gosh. It's a concrete ditch. And right. where I am, it's this, this magical, beautiful place. And so they're all about, like, helping people, like, that live in the inner city to realize that a river is a beautiful space. <clears throat> they don't even know. And no, so we're bringing, no idea. We're going to be bringing kids out there. To the to see what the Blue River really is like, what it right. is really like, and so that's just um, that's just another thing that's like connected everything together. Is this watershed and this river that I've become connected with with these children, and then mm-hmm. it's just it's just expanding out to all kinds of neat things. Well, this is part of what we do in our training: is we learn about the places around us. Where right. are we? You know, that's what a lot of people don't really know anything about. Yes. Where they live, what people lived there before, what kind of plants are there. The little medicine plants that kids can pick and chew up and put on a sting or a wound and watch it heal and stop hurting. And they, it's empowering to know about right. the, the world around you. So I love to do these things with people while we're doing the forest therapy walk is uh-huh. I connect them with the plants more. And the, the therapists are all different. So they, they really want you to put in your own personal, you know, touch to how you do a forest therapy walk. So for me, right. I've apprenticed with uh, medicine women and I know a lot about mm-hmm. the plants. So that's part of what I do on my walk is I let, I love to, you know, help them explore that, you know, Really see the plants in a different way, and know that and use them. And yeah, they're there to help you, and right. people don't even know. No, <laughs> they don't know, and it's because nobody's told them before. They've never been taught, and it's really empowering to be able to go out and make a tea and go, "Wow, I'm really doing something good for myself." Like right. stinging nettles, they're they're at, they're actually growing all over the place. You can go on the walking trails, different yeah. places. If you learn what a stinging nettle is, then you can actually harvest it and cook it and make a tea with it. And literally, it has it will completely alleviate my sense um, allergies. Really? Yeah. So it's wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean completely. So he swears by it. So. It's just so fun that there's these free plants out there. No kidding. That can do all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, that is so cool. So it sounds like you take a, there's a week-long intensive. Mm -hmm. You do a six-month practicum. Mm -hmm. Study up on all the herbs and things in your, so what else is involved? I have a lot of different projects that I'm working on. So I'm doing video projects and to educate on education on forest therapy and there's uh, uh, like 
it's called the web of inner being. So we we go, we, you know, part of this is we, we have to take ourselves through this process. So every day we, mm-hmm. we go to a sit spot. So every nice. day, you know, we go and we, we sit and we observe. Mm-hmm. And when you start to do that, you start to, you know, imagine different invitations that you can do for people. So when you sink yourself into it and you start to have your own experiences, then, you, you know, that's part of the projects are we have to put together 15 different invitations of different types of activities that nice. we would put people through to mm-hmm. go in the force to help them sink in. And there's certain ways of doing it. It's like it's a it's there. There's a language to it. It's about a present language. It's like right. it's it's what not what did you notice? It's what are you noticing? I mean, very simple things that put people in the present moment. Sure. And they did a lot of research on how to do this and 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 all the the psychotherapy and all the different things that it takes to help people slow down. It's pretty interesting art. That's very interesting. <laughs> and so the we do a lot of different kinds of drawings of um, things that we saw on our sit spot and how are these things connected with one another. So the web of inner being has to do with, so if I see mm-hmm. this coyote, how is the coyote connected to the rabbit and the rabbit connected to the water or how is the tea connected to, to the children who's connected to the water or, you know, so many things. And for me, the river is so important so embedded into my like core that the river is so connected to everything it's like the water is life you know like there is it's it if it weren't for the water there would be no life so i see so many connections with the water the clams that's in the water and there's a a otters that live at the river and and just all the like the tree you know the trees and how the 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 hawk is connected and and the feathers from the yellow flicker that I found on the riverbank and how all of these things are helping each other and living very peacefully together and um and so you just it's it is a way like of sinking yourself in because in order for you to really teach and help others to sink in you have to be that there than yourself you do you have to be there yourself so so it's uh you know and it's a challenge for me because i'm a i have several businesses and i'm a busy gal and you you know for me to go outside every day and make myself sit there quietly it's really awesome because it really does help me to slow down and when you do that you also have a different sense for the rest of the day like Mm -hmm. you you have more of a calm about you for the rest of the day. It's almost like you realize there is another place out there that's peaceful and and always always accessible and that all of this stress and all these things these crazy things that we um, put ourselves through are kind of silly and um, and maybe maybe not necessary. <laughs> what are we doing ourselves? <laughs> And I, exactly. Yeah, I, I have you know like I have a thing that uh, one of my forced therapy uh, comrades wrote about that that I would like to read about Please. that. And um, her name's Annabelle O'Neill. Oh, I love that name, Annabelle. It's so pretty. Yeah, and she's she's I think she's only like twenty three years old. She, oh, how fun! She actually trains 
also helps train forest therapists, and she's a pretty incredible little gal. And she said, forest therapy is the bridge between all beings. It's the practice of immersing yourself and all your senses in nature with the understanding that the forest works in harmony with the internal capacity for medicine that each person carries. Being in nature and surrounded by non-human beings gives us the opportunity to let go of our thoughts and experience what is giving us joy. You follow your curiosity and simply notice. The forest reveals to us what we are needing to heal and find inner peace. As a society, we are disconnected, so how can we rebuild healthy connection? We must Mm. slow down. Use our childlike curiosity to explore and become present. Deep connection happens when we can become fully present and responsive to what we are feeling. We must learn to enjoy the process. We are so caught up in these arbitrary destinations. We stress, we exaggerate, we multitask, and sooner or later life goes by and you realize you were never really living. Force therapy gives you the space for the living to happen. When we go into the forest, the first thing we do is let go of everything, and that is the force and trust in the force's power to heal. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's just like that's that is that's, that's it. what it's about. That you is know? what it's about. We are, we've got to reconnect. Reconnect let the forest heal. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely and reconnect. Yeah. <clears throat> that is yeah, that's beautiful. Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Now, I, I just can't think of you in forest therapy without thinking of your beautiful land. Yeah. Well, You're my really land, blessed. it's very blessed, special. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I've had, <coughs> been there for 25 years. And when I walked onto the property, I just felt that there is a reason that I was there. I just mm-hmm. knew it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I've created my dreams there. Like, I have uh, had a bu- photography business. I'm a portrait photographer, and I've done that for 25 years. And I had a very successful photography business photographing people outside and creating these gardens oh, for my business gardens. to do photography. That's the Kelly Gallery part of my world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, for those uh, those people, well, even in Kansas City, might not know Kelly, but people outside of the Kansas City area, you're in what's called Overland Park on the yeah. Kansas side of Missouri, of Kansas City, yeah. Kansas side of Kansas. And um, so kind of out off the beaten path, but really this beautiful forest land in the middle of of civilization. Yeah. I mean, everything's built up around right. you. You've it's got the, the Blue River there. Right. That's what protects it. The river actually oh, okay, keeps, it, keeps it 
that that way because mm-hmm. you know they that's it's a federally pro- protected floodplain area. So you Good know they're know. trying to control control the flooding in different places. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's it protects itself. I'm at the very headwaters of the Blue River where Coffee Creek and Wolf Creek come together, and they form the beginning of Blue River. And um, it was where the Black Bob Chief lived of the Shawnee t- tribe. It was a clan of the Black Bob tribe, and. Um, and it was considered a sacred place where two rivers come together and a good place to pray. And so that's why the chief lived there. The reservation actually went from state line, Missouri, Kansas, out to Lawrence. Um, and but this was this particular place was very sacred to the Native Americans. And um, so there's a lot of native plants there. There's a lot of like wild oats and. Um, oh, really? blackberries and all kinds of really mm-hmm. neat things that grow there. So it makes it even more special. And and part of the, the land in front of me is uh, Johnson County Parks and Rec. And it, it's not open mm-hmm. to the public yet, but one, eventually they're going to put a, a trail along the river, along mm-hmm. this Blue River. And it was always in the plan to do this right. um, and connect Heritage Park trails with the Overland Park trails. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I... I'm, my hope is to connect with Johnson County and and have them, um, you know, maybe take on some of the forest therapy um, with in, in their parks. That as would well. be wonderful. Right? So so it's just a really special land that um, I feel like I'm there to help caretake. You know, we, we Johnson County just stopped um, leasing the land to a farmer that sprayed you know thousands of gallons of Roundup. Uh, several right. times a year on this property, and I would constantly say, "Why are you letting this, these chemicals go into the Blue River? This is the beginning. This is the river. People are drinking the water down the river. This is you're a park department. You're not supposed to. You're right. not supposed to do that. You're supposed to protect this, aren't you? Yeah. And so this year, last year, they said, "Okay, Kelly, we're going to put this into a native. Uh, it's a, a native." Uh, prairie what restoration project. I can't believe you got them to do that. <laughs> well, I think they kind of wanted to do that eventually, but I kind of helped guide them in that direction right. a little bit. Well, maybe. good for you. That needed to happen. Yeah. So there's all they're like growing all kinds of native plants that are going to be out in this Wonderful. Like thirty acres right oh next gosh. to my property. I love it. So that's like a really awesome thing, and we're just like completely you know secluded in this. We have a little bluff on one side that. Mm-hmm. Pr- protects us and we have trails that go through the woods and um, little labyrinths and shelters and we have like 11 I've counted 11 fire pits <laughs> you have 11 fire pits on your <laughs> land <laughs> you would never know it but you just come along a really so neat no. little place in the in the it's on a the great property. place for a fire yeah. pit so we do this here and then we'll do one over here and Oh, this we place have a, a fire pit. We have a teepee that we have for our, our little camp programs, and um, and then a little fire pit next to that. And so, anyway, it's just set up really nice and safe. Like a lot of the, a lot of the families that come there, it's about um, they love it there because it's not just a public park where you you know other there's strangers around and stuff. It's a private property. And they, they actually, they tell me that it's like the only place that their kids can go that they don't have to worry about them. They can explore yes. in this wild setting 
and really you can kind of you can see them wherever they are and so it's just really really safe and they they love that and that's what I, I like to that's what I like to do is provide a safe um, space mm-hmm. in people for people to like sink into nature to like learn about nature because it helped my kids so much you know right. I've been I've been having these doing these camps for my kids for 15 years and I watched yeah. how they grew up and as teenagers how it helped them like make good decisions it helped them realize that there's like there are really good people in the world that don't do bad things and that that there's spaces that they can be in where they they can talk and be acknowledged and heard and laugh and play games and that it you know that life could be really fun without without alcohol or drugs or anything right. like that, that they actually feel high and happy in a space where they kids are not feeling that anymore. Right. And my boys will tell you that it saved them. They will I'm tell sure. you that, you know, that going through a lot of the things that they went through in a world where whoever has the coolest car or the coolest clothes or all these things and it just doesn't feel good you know it's like temporary fixes for these kids but then they 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 come to a place where it's not enough it's never enough and for my boys it was like the nature was a a space where they could feel enough and that was very powerful for them right and so it's like I can't help but share it with people it's like I feel like every child should have this opportunity. Every person should have this opportunity because we did these camps with my kids. So right. I was with them and so I was experiencing right. It, it was, was a, a family, family camp. camp. I love so it. So that helped me see where how they were what they were doing. How the right. games they were playing, the you know, they they taught a lot about awareness. It's all about awareness. It's all about, you know, when you sink into your into your senses. Mm-hmm. You become aware. And when you become aware, something happens inside you that turns on your peace button. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's going to be a meme or something. Turn on your peace button. You it does. It. It's like, oh. <laughs> so, so it's just like, how, how do you teach kids that? Do kids get that opportunity to even right. learn that? You know, I wonder it's if you very do teach them. I, what if you do teach them or you just give them the opportunity to learn it? Well, you give them the opportunity, and we do a lot of that through games. Right. So we have games where they're Okay, well, back up quiet. just a minute. Because <laughs> now you're talking about the forest therapy school, because you've got yeah. a forest school. Right. So, and that's, yes, that's in the, addition to what you do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all, it all kind of it goes, goes together, together right? right? But it's like, and it's because I've done this for years that even the right. forest therapy itself is very natural for me because I've done basically the same type of thing with kids in your forest school in my forest school so because of these camps in oregon Mm -hmm. who they're all like you know it's all based on nature education and nature connection so it's not just like about naming that plant but what does that plant do 
Mm-hmm. And how are, how can you be really, how is that plant connected to you? How can that plant help you? You know, that that's completely different than what they're used to in the science classes. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's like they might know the technical name, and it's kind of boring. And it's like they don't even know why they want to learn that stuff. But here they, like, know why they want to learn about that plant. You know, it, like, awakens, like, the environmentalist, the desire to be an environmentalist. If we don't have kids outside anymore, there's not going to be any environmentalists. Exactly. They don't, they don't even understand or care because they don't feel or or get what nature does you know like the power of the nature and the magic of the nature and the healing aspects of the nature because they didn't get opportunities to be in that in a in a space where they could sink in and start using their senses that is key to the whole thing Mm -hmm. and so our our programs it's called blue river forest experience.org is what it is and our programs are about helping kids sink in and we do it through games we are on their level that's why you can't say to a child okay we're going to meditate now because right. <laughs> they're like we're going whatever to the properties and the medicinal qualities <laughs> of all of these plants no we're gonna no. go we're gonna go on an adventure and exactly. then we're gonna play games like so how do we teach them to like listen more so we do different kind of blindfold activities where one's sitting in the middle and he's blindfolded and the other ones are coming up and they're going to get his, steal his frog. Well, in, in order for him, he gets to clap and point when he, find, when he hears someone or he senses someone close by and then they have to go back. So it's just like, there's just like so many things that you can teach and like, like adventure some things that you can do with them like eagle eyes in the woods and hiding in the woods and being able to see someone or, or actually, you know, getting completely mudded up in the woods and hiding from people and just you know the feeling that they have when they actually are allowed to get dirty I love it you know it's kind of like it's kind of like you know I don't know people are just just mortified and terrified of people getting being in the rain or being in the dirt or in, in the mud I've done um birthday parties for girls before where it was like Indian princess birthday parties and we're walking through the woods and I have a following me and we call we have this what's called fox walk where you you walk in a certain way where it's kind of on your toe and you're rolling out your foot and it keeps you quiet so you can sneak up oh, on the animals and things. Sure. So we teach them these different, you know, techniques that they can do. And these girls are following me and they're walking behind me and all of a sudden it starts to rain. Like little drops are happening all around us and one of the little girls in the back goes, Um, Miss Kelly, Miss Kelly, um it's I think it's starting to rain, and I said, yeah, I know, isn't that cool? (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, you rock! (laughs) Because they're used to like, oh no, it's raining, you know, get your coat on, get inside, you know, or or you're outside, you have to have your shoes on, you know, it's like, we have have barefoot times where kids are just like, wow, you know, like, this is fun, and they're getting, you know, in the mud, and and you know it's it what it does is it's it's connecting them to really a part of themselves it's connecting them to yes. something that you know is is feels really right and feels really good and it's just fun so it's just like it's it's not a goal or it's not like something that they have to learn to to pass a test it's right. just being and that 
a sense of being is part of who we are and it's how we connect not only to nature to, but to one another, how right. we communicate. So they learn things about problem solving. They learn things about communication. They learn things about honoring each other at the circle. The power of the circle of these children is unbelievable. And they just, you know, I can have kids at the beginning that have autism or ADHD, they might be sitting in a tree watching us at first, you know, not wanting to be part of the circle. And we we allow that. We allow them to be themselves and be wherever they want to be and to observe us. And and then they see how much fun we're having and how no one's making fun of anybody else. And no Mm -hmm. one's, you know, no, no one's judging anyone about anything. And they see the games that are fun. And by the end of it, they are part of the game. They, they become like the chiefs. Yes. They, it's just so beautiful to watch. Like, I can't tell you enough, like, how, how neat it is. In, in just a few hours, I can see the impact of children. And mm-hmm. I'm, I have been a portrait photographer for 30 years. So I know what children are like. And I interact with children. I've interacted very, very... Um, intimately with children taking their portraits so that they're happy. You know, I I know how to make them happy and I can see when a child isn't able to have eye contact or has maybe autism before the parents even know it. So I've worked with children for so many years and when I found something that impacts them in such a profound way, in such a simple way, I cannot help but share it with people. And so wow. that's what the forest therapy is just all, it's just all about. This was such a natural progression for right. you. Yeah. Right. Well, where do you go from there? So I just um, continue to create <clears throat> programs. And what right. I'm doing is also connecting with the other outdoor places and the park systems and the doctors and helping people to like realize the importance of it and speaking in different places and talking about it and bringing the awareness out for people. I love it. And so it's just, it's all about increasing people's awareness and and their experience because when they have the experience and that's why we call it Blue River Forest experience Experience. is when they have the experience because this is all about experiential learning it's not about looking in a book and reading about meditation or reading about nature connection it's about connecting and that's a completely different way of learning and children aren't learning that way much in the school districts anymore they're not it's not about like experience it's about books and it's about doing what you're supposed to do and, and, and all those things that are necessary in many ways. But the experiential learning, like a lot of times which happens more in the forest schools and like, you know, they're doing a lot more in Europe with the with the kindergarten forest schools and things. These kids imagine. these kids are having experiences with right. these things. And that kind of learning is actually based on indigenous that's the way the indigenous people taught of their course. children by experience. They learned to be independent, strong, and and um, empowered individuals because they had experience doing it. Mm-hmm. When they don't have those experiences, it's kind of like that that muscle of um, being able to problem solve or communicate. A lot of times atrophies it's it's difficult for them Mm -hmm. people kids are communicating with a screen now 
unfortunately, they, they can sit together in the same room and be communicating by uh, the screen in front of them. So what we do is we don't have any, no cell phones, no electronics. Good. It's like a detox for the kids. Right. And that's what it was for us when we went to Oregon I'll to bet. the cancer. Originally, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> I didn't have to enforce anything. And they right. fed us very healthy, organic, sure. local food. And my kids would look at me and they would be like, oh my God, mom, what are we supposed to eat? And so, but after a while, when your kids are in an environment like that, they start, you know, it's instead of people saying, oh, well, they don't like that. And then they never try anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can get them in into an environment where other people are trying it and kids are trying it and this is available to them, healthy things. Like we teach them things on the fire, like how to help, help have healthy things like sweet potatoes and things in the fire rather than s'mores and, and yeah. marshmallows and, and yeah. Hershey chocolate bars. <laughs> okay, so nothing wrong with those. But <laughs> let me just say that. But it's just a normal thing, you know. That's the normal right. thing. But there's that more do. to it. Yeah, there, and right. you can do it in a healthy way. Right. Like, and and it's delicious, and it's so it's exactly. so it's fun to teach yeah. them these things that you do with apples and what you do with honey and cinnamon and all these things. And so okay, now I'm getting hungry. I know. <laughs> so this is part of it. You know, it's just part of the nature and being healthy and detoxing them and creating an environment where they can feel healthy and good again. Why do mm-hmm. they feel good? My kids would go out for a week in Oregon. At the beginning, they'd be arguing with each other in the car. They'd be, you know, you know, uh, looking at their screens and everything. On the way back, they were so kind to each other. They ah. loved each other. They were looking out the window. They wanted to sleep outside. They were completely really different, different kids. children. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, there is something there to is something this. There's something to this. <laughs> Let's see if we can recreate this at home. Yeah, because I wasn't a big camper back then. I was right. like, I was a um, regular Johnson County mom, soccer mom, and I was a little nervous about taking them out for a week with me out in the wilderness. And I well, can imagine. One of the things that happened on the way out one time was that it was the first time we went out, and my kids were eating Papa John's pizza. Oh, yeah. And um, they had the bar- garlic butter sauce, and they were on their sleeping bags. And they were slopping it all <coughs> over the place. And I'm like, I saw that they were doing that. I was like, <gasps> I was started freaking out. I was like, oh, my gosh. Don't you know that bears love garlic butter <laughs> sauce? <laughs> like, I was right. like, we're all going to die. <laughs> my kids are already wrapped up in a sleeping bag and marinated. <laughs> Their little eyes looking at me like, oh, my God, mom's lost it. And I'm like, I like I had to get my senses, you know. It's like, oh, my gosh, I don't want them to be afraid like I feel afraid. So I'm not going to calm down. I'm going to calm down right now. So it's like I came from that place. So Mm -hmm. I'm not just like this, you know, outdoorsy nature person, you know, granola. Right. I am like, I'm just kind of gone. I've been in both worlds, you know. So I've seen the benefit for my children. I've seen the benefit for other people. I've seen the benefit for elders. I've seen the benefit for the parents. I've seen people change by this whole connection of sinking in and just being in nature. And yeah. having those showers of phytoncides <laughs> healing there their bodies, back, and they yeah. didn't even know it. <laughs> that is yeah. amazing. There's so much that I could ask you, you know, and it's crazy. But I feel like, you know, I think part of this 
needs to uh, circle back to your work with the water protectors because I feel like it is so in- that is so integral to what you do and what you have going on at the Blue River Forest Experience. Yeah, it's you know it's interesting how the water it's always come back to the water, and you know year you know few years ago actually one of my forest school moms said to me, hey. Uh, I'm going to take some canoes up to uh, North Dakota and uh, canoe in solidarity for some people that are trying to protect their water up there, a, a tribe. And I was like, hmm. Uh, and she's like, can you come with me? And I'm like, when are you going? And she's like, um, tonight. And I'm like, I don't think I can pull that off. But and, but the thing, it was Thursday night, she's told me this, and I I had kayaks, and I was like, okay, I I have always, my great-grandmother was Iowa, and she was born on the White Cloud Reservation in Kansas, so I've always wanted to help people on reservations. I've known there's a lot of horrific um, poverty on the reservations, and I've always wanted to help in some way, and it was kind of like, okay, Kelly, now's your chance to do something, yeah. and so I, I just, like, I was, like, torn because I'd just come back from out of town, and I had a lot of work to do, and I thought, how am I going to do this, and I and I was just like, but I have to. I was torn. I knew I had to go, so I strapped my kayaks in in a thunderstorm on oh top of my goodness. car, left at 11.30 on Friday night. Oh, my goodness. Got there at 11 the next day, got on the river immediately. Wow. And kayaked for seven hours to the Missouri River. <laughs> wow. And, and then people were asking me, could you take pictures? I'm a photographer. I'm a professional photographer. I don't know how they knew it, but everybody wanted me to take pictures. And I just had my camera. I just had my phone. <coughs> and so um, I ended up taking the most amazing photographs. And I thought, well, this is my gift to them, is I'm going to photograph the elders like they've never been photographed before. I'm going to support them and get the word mm-hmm. out about their the, you know, the... The things that were happening there, and now, now there, I want to clarify. This was up in Standing Rock. Yeah, up in Standing Rock, and it right. was, and it was where they were trying to, um, yes, protect keep, the water. Yeah, from protect the water from a pipeline that absolutely. they had actually moved from uh, a city that mm-hmm. was um, primarily white that decided they didn't want it. They moved it down to the reservation. Um, where there was a lot of poverty, and they just kind of figured there wouldn't be enough a voice. It wouldn't be a pushback. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, a, and an elder, um, a woman, um, put the little word out on Facebook, and it blew up to actually being 25,000 people there and actually one of the biggest cities in North Dakota. So it became one of the biggest cities in North Dakota just <laughs> for water just, protection. Right. Just for wow. just for the um, movement to stand up for these people and say, This is wrong, stop. You know, this you know, this this right. company was very known for their pipelines breaking and oil and this Absolutely. was their water, that's this what was they drank. Water. And so and the the plants and everything were important to them and they'd actually already been their land had already been put underwater because of a dam in the 60s. And oh. all of their timber and their wildlife, 90% of their timber, 
75% of their wildlife went underwater. That was oh, where all their cabins, no. they were a sustainable, happy community before they put that dam in. Oh, and no. then it just, it took them all out. And I got to hear stories about this and I and where they came from and what has happened to them. And this is just like another thing just to break them. And so oh, I, I decided that I needed to like tell their stories and get the word out and photograph them and tell people about them and and talk about what's happening because I didn't even know that was happening you know forest school mom told me I didn't even know what was going on up there it's not on the media because the media unfortunately in many ways is funded by oil companies so they didn't really want to talk about it too much they didn't want that to get out no so so it was just uh it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And one of the main things that I really felt that it, it was why it was such an incredible experience was because of the feeling of going back in time and living in a tribe and mm. how the horses were walking through the camp and teepees everywhere and bonfires and the music and the elders talking around the fires and everyone talking about things that were meaningful, the children laughing and playing and learning about buffaloes and all these things that were happening. It was a beautiful environment. And when people talk about that have been up there, they talk about how it was such an incredible heart opening experience, almost a feeling of this is how we should be living. In simplicity I was just wondering, yeah. and harmony, mm-hmm. it was. So I watched it go from this, and mostly Native Americans, to getting so big that it it be, and and that the oil companies started bringing in military and everything that made it very scary. So at first, I watched it change. I watched it all shift. I was there m- mostly with the families. I watched how it was. It was not about radical. Uh, you know, people getting up and um, causing any problems for the police force that was protecting right. the pipeline. It was these families that were just sitting on the land saying, please don't do this. And then in the meantime, they were eating better than they usually do on the reservation because people were bringing them food. Mm-hmm. They were being supported in ways that they had never been supported before. Right. They were being seen and heard. They were happy. They were happy, and it was so neat to watch that. And it was very, very powerful. And it was like, it was almost like a homecoming type of thing. And it was, uh, it was beautiful. Like it, it almost felt to me kind of like I felt in the camps in Oregon with my children in nature. Mm-hmm. And it was in a really big way. So it was. It's so much about the community aspect of it. So even when our the camps. And the nature connection is so great, but it's really great when you do it with a g- group of people. That yes. that makes the whole thing amazing. Amplifies and, it, and it's drives like it family. Home. It's like where yeah. we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be with the children and the elders. In our society, we stick the elders away. The children go into these buildings and learn. We're separated. Everything is separated. I got to watch it where people were together and people were happy. And we were out in a field. We were in nature. We were next to the river. They would sing songs and pray and go down to the river. It was like meaningful and it was 
beautiful and magical things would happen. Eagles would come out. Dust storms would come out when things would be happening. It was like the nature was completely connected with the people. These people are connected oh to the gosh, nature. They're like some yes. of the last people that have been connected to the nature. So it was it was a beautiful thing to experience and watch That's and amazing. meet. And I, I'm still working with one of the chiefs up there, a Lakota chief mm-hmm. that has had a vision to buy <laughs> land in the Black Hills mm-hmm. to create a place where all religions can come together and um, a camp setting that brings back the prayer to the Black Hills, which was taken away from the Native Americans years ago. Right. Um, they, the United States tried to give them millions of dollars for this land, and they wouldn't take it. They still, right. to this day, won't take it. No. And so they're, they have to buy it back themselves to get the land back. Oh, my so, gosh. So I've helped um, this chief go all over the world to indigenous gatherings in Ibiza, Spain, and photographed indigenous elders from all over the world mm-hmm. when I went there the summer after Standing Rock. So Standing Rock introduced me to an, another, a complete no, another world. So I started photographing all over the world after that. Wow. So that's a whole nother that's a whole other episode. I have so many great stories. You really do. You've done so much. So much. I'm I know your your Standing Rock chap, Rock chapter would be an episode all in its own. And uh, I just I really wanted to bring that up because I feel like it comes back full circle what you're mm-hmm. talking about with the water on your property in connection with the water. We're all connected with water. Right. Each and every one of us. Yeah. And so if somebody wants to find out more about forest bathing and the um, getting certified in forest therapy, that would be natureandforesttherapy.org. And then what is your, your forest school website again? It is blueriverforestexperience.org. .org, good. Yeah. And there's information there about classes you can take. Yeah. Um, do you do, like, week-long camps? Mm-hmm. Yep. Fantastic. Right. I know my daughter and I have been out there a couple of times and had the best time. We've never gotten so dirty. It was, <laughs> <laughs> we had so much fun chasing ducks and looking at fish. And uh, I remember learning about plants that you could put on your on your cuts and yeah. things like that. So just absolutely fascinating. It is. It's been so much fun talking to you about nature, Kelly. If there's any like one thing maybe we didn't touch on, or one thing you would hope that people would take away from our talk together, can you think of what that might be? Go outside. Go outside <laughs> now. And take put your down your with you. <laughs> put down your device. Go outside. Start breathing again. Start breathing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Connect, connect with the nature. You know, yeah. find a place where you can do that, and um, yeah, come on some forest walks with us, and we'll we'll help you do that. Super, super, super great. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for listening, and I hope you've gotten something great to take away from this episode. I know I sure have. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com.
Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.